702. WhatsApp us now on 072-702-1702. Dr. Conrington, good evening and thank you for joining us this evening. Hi, guys. Well, my pleasure. Great stuff. I mean, if we have to look at the, you know, post-COVID-19 world, uh, you know, is it, does it look like the Book of Eli, that famous uh, Denzel Washington <laughs> movie? Or is it the road where, uh, you know, you, you are stuck with your children or your child walking this long road with nothing else but a shotgun and the clothes on your back and hoping to find food along the way? Or is there some positivity that we can take out of this, as difficult as it might be to see it now? And absolutely, I must actually add the book of Eli. I watched it a number of years ago. But, you know, I'm watching, re-watching movies like Contagion and 28 <laughs> Days. Uh, I see those are all trending at the moment on Netflix. At least it's I don't feel, you've just made me not feel too here. weird <laughs> because I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what, it, it, it's an important question to ask, of course, uh, especially as we only at the start of a number of weeks of lockdown. Uh, and there's two ways to answer your question, of course. The, the one is to look quite far into the future, and by that I mean two, three, four years, and we know for sure that we will beat this virus. The worst case scenario for us right now is is that it just gets worse and worse and worse. There's another flare-up, another flare-up in the next few months, and then they get the vaccine. Mm. Um, you know, the doctors are working. They tell us that they are moving faster than anyone's ever moved in history before to get a vaccine. And we know this thing can be beaten. We've sequenced the DNA of, of, of the SARS, you know, the underlying virus itself. Mm. Um, we understand how the disease works. We're beginning to get these research papers. I think more research papers have been published on this virus already than on any other virus in history. So it's kind of we're on it and we will beat it. And the worst case scenario is this time next year, a vaccine will be available. We'll all get inoculated and this will go back to, to being like a flu. Um, where it, we get a vaccine every year and it's done and dealt with. Uh, and then, of course, we start putting the, the world back together. Uh, your question mm. is important when we think about that far distant future because I don't think we're ever going to go back to normal. And I think people need to stop thinking about, oh, when do we get back to normal? Because just like things like the Second World War, and if you go further back in history, the bubonic plague, these things we must understand that they fundamentally change the power structures of the world. And and that is definitely going going to happen to us. And we can chat about that in, in a moment. So that's one answer to your question. The mm. second answer is, of course, what's going to happen in the next three weeks, which for most of us, that's as much of the future as we, we, we can handle at the moment. Mm. And, and, and there there's, there's also good news. Um, everybody's getting a taste of what I do for a living now. I, my business card has the word futurist on it. And some people think that means I've got a crystal ball and I <laughs> look into the future. I mean, if only, you know, if only that was possible. Um, what futurists do is we take information that exists in other parts of the world or maybe in other industries. Uh-huh. And we try and track these trends and then bring them to the client or, or the country or the person that we're working with. So if we're working with a car company, we try and look at what's going on with computer games. We look at what's going on in the retail sector. We look at what's happening in tourism. And we see if there are any trends or interesting things that are happening. And then we try and help the car manufacturer understand that. 
And we can do that now with COVID. It's, it's actually remarkable because we've got a few countries that are ahead of us. They mm-hmm. started lockdown a few weeks ago, and we can see what happens as soon as you do that. Um, and it's really good news. So all the countries that started lockdown a number of weeks ago, yeah. here's what happens. The first week, nothing happens. Okay, because lockdown takes a little bit of while to get into your psyche. Your previous two guests were <laughs> helping us understand it didn't just happen on the Thursday midnight. Yeah, you know, yeah. there were a whole lot of people who only got paid on Friday. We can't expect them to go lockdown. Uh, you know, I have a credit card. I, I was able to go out on Wednesday. If you only got paid on Friday, well, you, you know, Saturday's your shopping day. Mm-hmm. So we give them, we give them a gap. Now you've got social grants, end of month. We've got to give them a little bit of a gap. So actually, we haven't really started our lockdown yet. Um, you know, so, so the, the clock has to start ticking again. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as kind of the tomorrow and, and, and Tuesday's over. And, and honestly, we, we mustn't begrudge these people that. This is the nature of our country. We understand that. So we then get lockdown started, but nothing really happens for a week after that. And the reason for that, if people want to understand it, is that this virus takes between 5 and 14 days. But for most people, it's about 5 to 10 days. It's in that window for the symptoms to show. So you might be sitting at home now in lockdown. You're feeling fine. You've got no symptoms. You think, right, I'm trying to be safe from the virus. You've actually got it. Um, you don't know you've got it. It's going to be five days. It's going to be seven days, maybe 10 days uh, before the symptoms show. Mm. You might then give it to everybody in your house and they take four days, five days, 10 days. And that's why we've got to have this whole 21 days. And to be honest, it will probably be extended. Every country that has had this has, had, has extended the time uh, as well. So the first week, nothing happens because mm. we've got to see who's sick. The second week is even worse because suddenly we get all the people who are sick, they have the symptoms, they report themselves to say, I've got the symptoms, can I have some help please? And so we're going to be two weeks into lockdown and we're going to think, <laughs> what are we doing with lockdown? It's just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And then suddenly it gets better because, of course, the good news is 90% of people recover from this reasonably easily. I know some people, it's a tough disease if, if it really hits you hard, but 90% of people recover easily. And, of course, once you have had it, you also have some immunity to it. Not complete immunity. You can't just do whatever you like, but you, there is some immunity to it. And, and you can kind of be a little bit more confident about the, the way that you interact with other people. Sure. So when we, when we kind of beat this thing, you, you have a sudden improvement. That's what China has seen. That's what South Korea has seen. Mm-hmm. Spain at the moment is just about to end the nightmare, and they will begin to see positives come. I think Italy today was their second day where they – they had, you know, a decrease in the number of cases and the sort of the positive signs. And so, you know, short-term future for South Africa, I think we've done the right thing. Mm-hmm, we're, on mm-hmm. a path, we're on a path now, and, and we have to hold the line. Uh, we have to get everybody locked down within the next two or three days, and then we've got to hold out those 21 days. And we will beat this thing. That is the good news. We, we are going to beat this 
Um, whether it's now in the next month or two or, or, or whether it's over the course of the rest of this year, we, we will get this done. But, I mean, how does it change the world thereafter? Because I was thinking about uh, 9-11 and the impact that it had on the world. I mean, uh, yeah. prior to, you know, the 9th of, I mean, uh, the 11th of September uh, 2001, yeah. you could carry your razor blade that you shave with on your, you know, in your mm. uh, carry-on mm. luggage. I mean, a lot of people did that because ultimately if the airline lost your your luggage, then the most essential things, <laughs> your vaslap and your soap and that, uh, your razor blade, those types of things, your toothpaste, all yeah. of those things would be, you know, you, at least you'd have that. Um, now we know that you can only carry so much toothpaste, you can only carry so much mm. deodorant, etc., etc. Your uh, security checks have improved. You have to take your shoes off in all kinds of countries and goodness knows whatever else. Is Corona or, or the COVID-19 virus in particular going to change um, practices globally, especially in and around contagions that spread globally? Well, look, I, I've, I've heard uh, some of the advisors to President Obama have said that whenever President Obama was asked, what is the thing that keeps you awake at night? What is the thing you are most scared of? And this was throughout his eight years as president. He always said a pandemic. He said the scenarios that his teams played out, which is the scenarios we, we are living now, he said is the most disruptive thing that he could imagine in the world. Worse than a wall, worse than an asteroid hitting the planet, because this hits everybody everywhere and it, it's so difficult to contain. So what we know now is that each new virus that emerges, because remember, this isn't the last one we're going to see in our mm, lifetimes. Mm, mm. Each new one has this potential again. So we are going to absolutely have to come together as a world uh, and, and talk about how we handle the movement of people around the world. So some of the changes that are going to take place are people are going to be a lot more nervous of traveling. I've already spoken to business people who said, you know, I used to travel six, eight times a year to visit suppliers and customers overseas. Um, and now I'm not going to do that, but I've already had my first Skype conversation with them and it went brilliantly. And I'm now wondering even, uh, you know, if we go back to normal, there's that word again, but, mm. you know, three, three years from now, I might only ever make one trip or two trips a year and I'll do the rest virtually. People who are now working from home, their bosses never thought that that would work. They might discover not only does it work, it works better than going to the office. You don't have rush hour traffic. You're not paying rental in a, you know, Santa or Cape Town city center office. Mm, mm. Um, you know, there's, and, and the bosses might say, don't come back to the office. You're doing brilliantly. <laughs> there. We can only um, dream. We can only dream. No, yeah. this, is, this is the point. You know, I, I think that there are some simple ways in which we can easily imagine the, the world would change around travel and geography. I hope we never go back to shaking hands again. Um, I, I really am not a huge fan of doing that. I think there are some wonderful ways of greeting people without having to share your germs, you know? Mm. Um, so we might all go the Asian route in the future of just sort of putting our hands together and bowing slightly. So those are... The elbow bump is in. 
I bet yeah, you, I, I, I bet you the foot, elbow bump is in now. <laughs> the, the foot, the foot tap, you know, that yeah. came out of your arm. That, that <laughs> might uh, work for the millennials. I don't know. And so those are simple ones, but mm. you know, there are also some very uh, profound ones as well, uh, Gashwa. So uh, let me just give you two examples. Sure. I can, I can picture now. Look, America is scaring me at the moment more than anything because imagine we we all have to lock down here as South Africans, right? And we know the importance of that. But we also have to all lock down as the world. If America doesn't lock down and Americans just travel all over the planet, uh, you know, this is like global warming. You know, if only one country gets it right and Mm. everybody else doesn't, uh, we haven't solved the problem. And America, I, I think only a few states have woken up at the moment, not all 50 of those states. They are the global superpower. Let's say we recover from COVID in the next month or two. We're ready to go, but our American suppliers, our American customers, our American counterparts are not mm. allowed to move because they started their lockdown way too late. They totally consumed with you know sorting out their problems. Think about the EU and so on. Um, the world economy could shift because, now think about this one, Who's the only big country that's available to trade with at the moment? And that would be China, right? So China gets an opportunity because they got it first. They dealt with it first. Now they are free to trade and move around. And China steps up, especially stepping up into Africa. We know they already targeted Africa Mm -hmm. as trading partners and so on. This gives them a gap to do it while everybody else is literally locked down and can't do anything. Oh, yeah. and, and I think that we could see that, you know, history might look back and say, what an unbelievable thing happened that just shifted trading partnerships, shifted relationships. And I don't say that in a, in a scary way. I, I actually think that that, that might be uh, to South Africa in particular. We are one of the very first countries with, and, and certainly we're one of only a few countries in Africa that have done this lockdown first, if we deal with it and we come out of it, we could also do the same into the rest of Africa. And where we might have battled in the past to become a supplier to Africa and build trade uh, links into the continent, maybe we'll be perfectly placed to get this right. And it's fascinating what you're saying about the USA, especially because I'm looking at the global statistics. And I mean, they're standing, as we speak, at 138,000. Uh, almost 139,000, uh, whereas Italy is yeah. standing at 98,000, uh, yeah, 98, and everyone was going yeah. on about Italy. China, where this virus originated, is sitting at 81,439. Um, yeah. And it's true what you're saying, that they're dealing with it, they're reducing their numbers. Um, so, yeah, it could change uh, what yeah. we refer to as uh, you know, global economics and, and, and po- yeah. political power. And let me give you another example that's closer to home and brings us back to social grants and things like that. You know, a a few weeks ago, we were locked in conversations with each other about how our country was working and not working and what's broken and what isn't. And NHI, you know, this national Mm -hmm. health insurance was on the cards. Now, that is clearly going to have to be delayed because we're not going to be able to afford it for a few years until we've dealt with uh, paying back the loans we have to take to get through COVID. But hopefully when the conversation around NHI emerges again in a few years' time, uh, 
the rich people in the country mm. who were maybe opposed to NHI might have a slightly different view of it now because right now I am as safe, you are as safe as the poorest person in this country. If, if we've got now people in Kailicha who are getting it and so on, we, I am as safe as they are. If, if, if somebody, mm-hmm. if a security guard or the, the guy who's going to collect my garbage tomorrow, if he's got COVID, and he leaves COVID on my dustbin. Um, I'm pulling that dustbin back into my property. He's delivered an essential service, but he's also delivered COVID. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying that I'm exposed as he is because we live in society together. And we're not rich and poor. I can't put a wall up around my property and, and say, COVID, stay out. Exactly. And we have to remember now in South Africa, I think, that we don't want to go back to normal because the normal we had is part of the problem. And I really honestly hope, and I know I sound to many people as being stupidly optimistic and, and yeah. you know, crazily idealistic, but I honestly believe that we should spend at least some of the hours we are in lockdown now imagining a South Africa that's different. We, we get, we get this you. opportunity to reset, you know, like what's it, control, old, delete, boom. Reboot. I think I think that's exactly the note on which we'll have to end uh, because of time. But really, much appreciated. You gave us a lot to think about. Uh, definitely plenty for us to talk about during the open line. That was, of course, Dr. Go- uh, Graham uh, Codrington uh, speaking to us about this as a futurist.